Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Our scripture reading this morning comes from near the end of Matthew's gospel. I'm reading from the 21st chapter of Matthew, beginning in verse 23. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, then he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? If we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. Well, if you missed this Atlanta story during the pandemic, then you were either hiding under a rock or you had taken an intentional fast away from any media. Because this Georgia-Atlanta story uh, made national news and it led our headlines for weeks after week. And the story was that Governor, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp sued Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms for issuing a mask mandate. On March 16th of this year, Mayor Bottoms had issued a local state of emergency, issued a uh, multiple emergency orders, including the requirement to wear masks. Well, by what authority? As it turns out, cities may enact reasonable ordinances to protect their residents if consistent with the state constitution. According to state law, Georgia Code 38351, 
Both the state's governor and the mayors of the state cities have the powers, these powers during emergencies. Mayor Bottoms declared that she had the authority to issue a mask mandate according to that code that granted her authority. But Governor Kemp sued the mayor saying that Georgia Code 38328 declares that city mandates can't be inconsistent with state mandates. And since he had not mandated mass at the state level, she had overreached her authority. Well, by what authority? Who gives you the right? You see, each side standing on their interpretation of the Georgia Code, claiming they were within their authority. They had leather-bound volumes of Georgia law and established code to point to, to pound on, to make their authoritative claim. But, But where does Jesus appeal when he's challenged by the power of his day and they demand to know By what authority? By what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority? Well, to remind you of the scenes that are leading up to today's story, we're late in Matthew's gospel. And on the day prior to this day, Jesus makes a trip to the temple and sees the buying and selling and all the marketplace activity in God's holy place, and it, it, it kind of gets him riled up with a righteous anger. Jesus turns over the tables, the coins spill all over the place, the livestock start to scatter, the doves that were for sale are flapping away in their newfound freedom. And the money changers, those who had their tables turned over, start yelling, where does he get off? By what authority does he come in turning over tables in the temple? But then the blind and the lame come to Jesus following this outburst, and they're healed by his loving touch. People see for the first time ever, people stand up on weak legs and wobble, but they're taking these happy first steps. They're newly healed by the touch of Jesus. But by what authority? Why does Jesus have the right to walk into the temple, throw the furniture around, and then start his own healing service? We'll come back to this, but notice in this part of the reading, the children do get it. The children in this story get it, and they start shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Well, after the outburst at the temple, Jesus spends the night about a mile and a half away in Bethany. The next morning, he's headed back to the temple. He goes to pick a fig off the tree to grab a little breakfast, but the fig tree is barren. Jesus curses the fig tree to never bear fruit again, and the fig tree withers. Well, by what authority does Jesus go around killing fig trees? Jesus makes the walk back into the temple area. He returns to teaching like he hadn't just yesterday gone on a holy rampage. But he's quickly identified by by the folks there as yesterday's troublemaker. And the religious officials come over, interrupt his teaching, confront the rabbi, 
And this is where our story picks up today. When he entered the temple, the chief priests and elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority do you do these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, then why did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd. For all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. Every interpreter of Scripture reads the holy words through different lenses of interpretation. Some, some of our lenses are cultural. Some are, uh, some are part of our background, our educational background. Some of them are unconscious. Some of them are intended, some of them are informed, but it does help to know that everybody who reads Scripture reads with reading glasses. And it won't come as a surprise to those of you who've been listening to me preach for a while that, that one of those things that I see almost always in in the words of Jesus. It just glares out at me almost every time I read uh, the red letters of Jesus' teaching, is that Jesus almost always says what is unexpected. <laughs> How many times have you heard me say, and Jesus gives an upside-down answer? Almost always, Jesus inverts the expectation. Let me show you how this principle uh, lives out in this, uh, in this episode today. By what authority? First of all, people most of the time comply with authority, with, with codes and laws and persons who have established a high authority like these religious officials have. But Jesus does not. Let's imagine you're waiting for a friend uh, in front of a restaurant. A person wearing a security uniform comes up and says, See that man over there? He's overparked, but he doesn't have any change. Go give him a dime. Would you give him a dime for the meter? Well, statistically speaking, you probably will. Leonard Beekman did a groundbreaking study on authority in 1974, and in this experiment, 92% of the participants gave the man a dime. But then, when the experiment involved a requester who wore civilian clothes, played out the same scene, that percentage dropped dramatically to 42%. Same person, different outfit, huge difference in the outcome. This is the authority principle at work. We tend to obey authority figures. 
Jesus' challengers were in positions of authority, and the first expected norm that Jesus upsets is that he just does not accept their established clout. But the second surprise is even more upside down. In that back and forth between the governor and the mayor, they're they're leaning on Georgia code, established laws, things that are bound in leather and respected. Well, how unexpected is Jesus' reference point in this argument? Jesus points to John the Baptist of all people, the locust-eating evangelist who lived in the wilderness, Jesus' wild country cousin who ended up with his head on a plate. Nothing says authority like John the Baptist. But John's legacy is that he was a prophet of God who preached a word of repentant hope And that word was beyond his own imagination. He was wild. John wore animal skins. He had locusts in his teeth. But he preached about repentance and the coming kingdom of God. And those authoritative words were respected as being from above. John had no power. But he had authority that was not of human origin. Jesus said to them, I I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. After this plays out, Jesus launches into three parables, but our text for today includes only the first of those three parables. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of them did the will of his father? They said to him, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe in him. God requires deeds, not just empty words. But you see that Jesus is upending the expected again in a scripture about authority. Did you notice who the heroes are? It's not the temple rulers of retail. Jesus flips their tables upside down and runs them off. It's not the temple religious authorities with their long robes and tassels and power. Jesus doesn't accept their authority at all. 
It was not the Eddie Haskell son who said all the right things but never went to work in the vineyard. The heroes of this story, now how upside down is this? The heroes of this story are the children who saw the power of Jesus' love. John the Baptist, who had no external power but lived in harmony with the God voice within him that proclaimed repentance and the coming kingdom. Another hero was the son who first said, no, I will not go work in the vineyard. And then he repented. And then the most unlikely heroes of all, the tax collectors and the prostitutes of all people. Jesus says they're going into the kingdom first, ahead of the temple people with the purple robes. It is all upside down, I tell you. Jesus blesses the children, the tax collectors, and the prostitutes, and they get it. They understand that real authority isn't bound in leather codes or positions of power or narrow pious practice. But authority is lived out in deeds of love. Power can be seized, but authority has to be earned. The children, the tax collectors, the prostitutes recognize that Jesus is acting from an internal authority that is not of human origin. And he operates from love and not rules. Jesus was blessing the most marginalized people in society while those with the power were filling their pockets and drawing circles to keep other people out. But as always, as always, the story ends in grace. The, the son who repents and goes to work in the vineyard is one of the heroes. The son who says he will and doesn't, not so much. These two things happened this last week on the same day for me. On the same day that I read a friend's angry Facebook post about climate change and the environment, Heather sent me an email about one of our young families who, who after hearing Heather's children's lesson on service, went that afternoon and picked up trash in a nearby park. Loving action always wins. All people are invited to repent and to change their minds and go to work in the vineyard. That is the story of good news. It is never too late to change your mind, to change your direction, to repent and become a part of what God is doing in the world. The repentance that John the Baptist preaches is where this story turns. Even the tax collectors and the prostitutes can change their mind and follow the way of Jesus. 
And then in this wonderful surprise ending, they're the very ones Jesus lets cut in line to be the first ones in the kingdom of God. The temple leaders have power. Jesus has authority. It's born of his righteousness. So we follow the one who even the children recognize as good. We follow the one who breaks the rules to challenge the money changers, heal the lame, bless the prostitutes, because the rule of love always beats the love of rules. We follow the one who calls us into the vineyard. However late it is in our story, it is not too late. We all have an opportunity to repent and to join others in the vineyard of God's kingdom to help reclaim the world for Christ. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.